Welcome on this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joe Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented to you by the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work we're doing all around the world. Just go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about this radio ministry and our missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It's from that fellowship that we share with you God's Word. Our lesson today is taken from 2 Kings and is drawn from a story in which Elisha heals the cursed waters of Jericho by casting salt into the stream. Salt in those days was practical and symbolic. It represented purification, preservation, and it also was an expression of fellowship. If you had a close friend, you would say that you shared your salt with him. So salt tells us something of the salvation God would bring to the polluted waters of your life. Jesus Christ has come to be that sacrifice for us. He's died in our place, but in dying in our place for our sins, Galatians chapter 3.10 tells us, by the way, that all of us are under a curse. It says, for as many as are of the works of the law, we read it in our scripture reading this morning, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Without going into detail about all that's found in that verse, basically see this, that God has proclaimed a moral law, and we've not lived by that moral law, and we can't live by that moral law, and as a result, we're under a curse. That law brings a sentence upon us, a condemnation upon us. We all know deep down inside, whether you've had read the law of the Ten Commandments, or whether it's just the law that's inscribed upon the conscience of all people in every place, everyone knows deep down inside that there's a right and there's a wrong. And they also know that when we do what is right, we're benefited, and when we do what's wrong, we suffer consequences. We've all broke that law. And as a result, all of us, like Adam, have bitten into the apple, and all of us are under a curse. And the water has been fouled up, and it's been fouled up by us. There's a curse upon us. Actually, Galatians 3.13 gives us the answer to the curse. It's expressed in those sacrifices that Jesus gave in the temple. It was fulfilled completely in Jesus Christ. After having established that all of us are under a curse, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He took the punishment upon himself. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus lived a sinless life, and he became the sacrifice for our sins as there on the cross he took upon himself our sins and he drank in the foul and bitter water of our sins. That's what he did for us. But Jesus not only offered himself up as a sacrifice, as Jesus offered himself up as a sacrifice, he also offered himself up in a wonderful way as salt. With his sacrifice for us, he brought forward the salt of the benefit of what he was giving us. He brought forth his life in order to deliver us from the impurity and the defilement of our sins. He brought forth his life in order to give life to us so that we might be preserved and live forever. He brought forth himself as our sacrifice in order that we might enter into an unending relationship with God, that we might share salt with God. Let me share with you three very simple verses. They're verses that we use all the time when we're sharing the gospel with people overseas that give expression to this wonderful image of the salt that comes in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. In 1 John 1, 9, we're told this. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, purify us of all unrighteousness. It's wonderful to be forgiven of your sins. That's a wonderful thing. The next, it says, forgiven of all your sins. It's all washed away. It's, it's the record of it. The guilt of it is taken from your life. But it also says he cleanses us from unrighteousness. That is, in my way of thinking, our minds are subtly assaulted by the consciousness of our failures and our sins. These things nag us and they eat away at us and they cause us to fear in the presence of God. We're like Adam. When Adam heard God walking in the garden, Adam hid himself. He tried to dress himself up in righteousness. He tried to create his own fig leaf dress to somehow improve upon himself because he knew that he was naked and he had sinned. But as soon as he heard God coming, he was filled with fear and he hid because he couldn't get rid of the consciousness of his rebellion and sin. And people today, whether you know it or not, are living under the consciousness of their failure. It motivates a lot of the things they do and a lot of the religions they hold. But they still have this assaulted and stained and compromised conscience because they're aware of their sin. And When you give your life to Jesus Christ and you confess to Him your sin and you confess to Him your brokenness and your need of Him, He comes and forgives you of your sin, but He also purges your conscience from the defilement of that sin. It's not like you forget it. But you no longer run and hide from when you hear him approaching. You no longer need to cover yourself up with your own feigned righteousness. In a sense, you can stand before him naked. Just you and God. You have relationship with him. You're restored. and That's purification. That's cleansing. It's a breaking of the curse. A wonderful breaking of the curse that is on our world and, and generates a lot of what happens in our world today. Here's another verse for you that we like to share with people. God not only purifies us, the salt of purification, but there's a salt of preservation where death and decay are repealed from our life and the rod of death is removed in the place of the savor of life. Romans 6.23 says this, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is rot and corruption and ruin and that ultimately eternally. And all of us have sinned and all of us have brought this rot and this corruption and this ruin upon our lives. Both here in this earth and the putrefaction that sin produces in this earth but an ongoing putrefaction that will lead us into unending death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the salt that God provides for us is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's preservation, it's life. It's life now and it's life unendingly. And the sacrifice of God through Jesus Christ also provides for us and teaches us that we have the savor of fellowship with God and reconciliation with God. So here's another verse, Revelation 3.20. All verses we share when we're sharing the gospel with somebody. First, you could be forgiven of your sins, and you can be made completely pure, and you can have the defilement of your conscience removed from you completely, so you're free access to God without any fear. Secondly, the death that's lying ahead of you, and the death that fills you with fear, and the corruption that gathers around your life can be repealed, and you can be preserved, and that unendingly... And finally, you can have a relationship with God that will last forever. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and I'll eat with him and he with me. What's that? Sharing salt together, isn't it? It's that fellowship that's ours through the gospel. And how wonderful. This is the gospel, folks. It's the purifying from the power of sin. It's the preserving from the decay of death of sin. It's the offering of the savor of 
salt of renewed fellowship with God. This is the gospel. And Elisha's name is right. God is salvation. Jesus' name, by the way, is basically has the same meaning. It's the exact same. The Lord is salvation is what Jesus' name means. And it's not only that Jesus is our Savior, but what we understand is that salvation is a person to be received. Jesus is our salvation. The problems of this foul world and your fouled up life can be repealed in only one way. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what's required. We have to honestly confess our sins to God. We have to basically tell Him what the problem is and go to Him for the answer that a curse is upon us. We tell Him the truth. We don't give Him made-up answers that we've tried to apply. You know, we've tried to come up with solutions for ourselves and remedies for ourselves. We have to acknowledge that all those remedies have failed us and they will fail us. And every calculation of human society to somehow repeal the curse is going to end in awful failure which will bring a greater curse upon more and more people. Every time a society rises up with some kind of energized focus to repeal whatever curse has come upon society, they only perpetuate the curse. Instead, you come before God and you say, God, I've sinned. My life is poisoned by my sin. God, you alone can save me from my sin. I embrace the offering you've made for my sins in Jesus Christ in my place. I embrace the salt of the promise found in him for my forgiveness, my cleansing, my preserving from death and judgment, my unending fellowship with you. I claim you. I embrace that gift and I take it. He died in my place. I take the gift of these things for myself by faith. And it's the gospel that changes our life, but it's also the gospel realized that begins to change the way we interact with our life and what goes on in the world. There is sin in our world, and it gets perpetuated, and there are curses in the world that we see perpetuated, and they can be expressed in the complaints that are found in society and the things that people declare are wrong about society, but the answer will only be found for those situations in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will only be found there. That's the message of the church. Unimaginable things unimaginable conflicts, unimaginable divisions that have been proved impossible to overcome can only be overcome and will only be overcome through the gospel of salt. Purification and preservation and peace in relationship with God. Chris Braun has written a book called Unpacking Forgiveness and in it tells a story of a man named David McAllister and a boy named Chris Carrier. David worked for Chris's uncle, and he was fired by Chris's uncle because he was drunk on the job. And in an insane act of retribution, McAllister abducted the young child, Chris, drove him off in a van, held him down and burned him with cigarettes, stabbed him multiple times with an ice pick, took him out into the Everglades in Florida, and shot him in the face and left him for dead. Six days after all this took place, a hunter found Chris sitting on a rock with two black eyes, not knowing exactly where he was. Miraculously, the bullet had passed through the socket of his eye and it left no brain damage, but he was blind in his left eye. The police suspected that it was McAllister that had done it, but they couldn't prove it, and Chris couldn't identify him in a lineup. So he never was brought to justice. When this little 10-year-old boy was being stabbed and burned, he cried out in a loud voice, Father, forgive him, he doesn't know what he's doing. He was physically and emotionally scarred, and yet he always told people that if they ever discovered who it was that had attacked him, he would be willing to go and speak with him. If he had a chance to speak to him, he would speak to him. And the chance came 20 years later. 
A police officer who knew about the case came to Chris and shared that McAllister was now a blind old man close to death in a nursing home and that he had confessed to abducting Chris as a young boy. Chris began to visit David McAllister on a regular basis. He shared the gospel with him. McAllister made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Shortly after doing that, he was interviewed by a CNN reporter, and he told the reporter that Chris Carrier was the best friend that he had ever had. He died shortly thereafter. The salt of the gospel not only purifies and not only preserves, but the salt of the gospel brings us into deep, reconciled relationship with God, and as a result, it influences our ability to be reconciled with any man. The salt of the gospel that reconciles us to God reconciles us to people. It does. It works a profound miracle. It breaks the curse. And we begin to drink the sweet waters of salvation long before we get to heaven. And oh, how pleasant life can be then. The present state of our age demands a response from the church. The church has to get back to the gospel. Our cursed world needs the salt of Jesus and to sacrifice for their sins more than ever. It's the only hope of true and real reconciliation between God and the individual and between one person and another, one people and another. Well, thank you for listening in today to the Bread of Life. Would you keep our missionaries at Church Partnership Evangelism in your prayers as they work in Ecuador, Cambodia, India, Indonesia, Greece, and Bulgaria to release the body of Christ as his witnesses? To find out more about our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org or traincpe.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.